Welcome to episode four of the Global Idaho podcast, which discusses current issues affecting southeastern Idaho and places them in a global context. I'm Kyler Miller. And I'm Heather Thompson. In season one of Global Idaho, we're focusing on immigration reform and the DACA program. During each episode, we will interview DACA students, experts, and other community members as a way to study dreamers in southeast Idaho in order to understand DACA and its political, social, and economic significance, as well as increase awareness about immigration and immigration reform within our community. In this episode, Heather, we will outline how DACA plays a pivotal role in economics and how local immigrant-ran businesses affect both our local and state economies. We will do this with the help from local business owners Roshan Kumar and Milagros Goshenauer, as well as Guillermo Reyes and Sonia Martinez. Immigrants make up 6% of Idaho's population. However, they represent a great percentage of Idaho's workforce, with over 61,000 immigrant workers comprising 8% of the labor force in 2015. One in 12 workers in Idaho is an immigrant, with almost 41% in manufacturing, agriculture, forestry, fishing, and hunting. Other notable industries containing large number of immigrant workers include healthcare, social assistance, construction, administrative and waste management, and remediation services. Immigrants in Idaho work in a variety of industries and have contributed millions of dollars in taxes over the years. They also contribute to the Idaho economy as consumers. Idaho residents and immigrant-led houses had $1.5 billion in spending power after tax income in 2014 alone. Immigrant entrepreneurs in Idaho generate around $100 million in business revenue as well. So, Kyler, it's clear to see how immigrants contribute to the economy as opposed to this belief that they actually hinder it. Yeah, it's kind of shocking to see the numbers that go along with this. Um, you know, we're talking billions and millions of dollars. And these businesses and these people, they're not even getting a lot of the same benefits that we're getting. Um, you know, when you look at DACA recipients, they're not getting nearly the amount of support that they need, as well as these other immigrant-led businesses that they're not getting financial breaks that, that Americans would be getting. Yeah, for the year 2014, immigrant-led households in the state paid about $306 million in federal taxes and $154 million in state and local taxes. And for that same year, undocumented immigrants paid an estimated $28.6 million in state and local taxes. And that number would rise to $34.6 million if they could receive legal status. DACA recipients in Idaho paid an estimated $6 million in state and local taxes in 2016. Yeah, again, these numbers are crazy to think about that we're allowing um, documented or undocumented people with DACA status to work and pay taxes, but again, we're not giving them any of the benefits that come from those taxes. Our producer, Les Miller, spoke to Roshan Kumar, who immigrated to the United States in 2011 from Nepal. He attended ISU until 2013 before moving to the Bay Area to gain job experience. He spent two years there before returning to ISU to finish his degree in accounting and finance. In December 2015, Kumar graduated and is now the proud owner of the Himalayan Craft and Smoke Shop. And here's what he had to say. So how did you start the business? So I came here in 2011, uh, and I never planned I'm going to have a business this early, first of all. But I did know I'm going to have a business eventually in my life. So right after graduation, um, I got an opportunity uh, with this current store. It used to be a prison bazaar. He was willing to sell. And being a college grad, I didn't have any money, so he 
was very open to working with Stallman plan and was very supportive for me to start up, give me good ideas, feedback, how to run it. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, let's do it. There's only one chance. If you miss it, then you have to wait how many years you never know. Is your business involved in community support or do you support community activities in any way? Yeah, we love to support community activities. I, in fact, uh, last month uh, we supported a free clinic, Pocatello Clinic. Uh, we gave some uh, uh, donations to those clubs in terms of grocery part for some running program they had for kids. Do you have future plans for support? Yeah, and- yeah definitely. We like to involve as much as possible with the community because it's the community who is helping us to succeed and we believe it's uh, both way communication give and take it has to be both way have you experienced barriers or misconceptions in the time that you've owned your business so the barrier i would say is always the language problem uh this community this society has a different language different culture and the way of thinking people is way different so if I apply the same culture I have back in my country there's no way I can succeed so uh, to be a successful you first need to know the culture how the people think locally and what they want um, if you do a good research do your homework on that then you'll be pretty set so you're working on a new project currently could you tell us a little bit about that please I'm working in a partnership to establish a new restaurant in town, which will be in Chavik. The name will be Everest uh, Kitchen. It will be across the. It will be inside the travel lodge. It's a motel. And the reason I'm opening this uh, store is like this town needs some really good Indian Nepalese cultural food, which is really authentic. And second thing, it represents the country. So I was like, okay, there's a demand, and I'm just gonna put the supply for it. So it's obvious that Kumar and his business are heavily involved and invested in the community of Pocatello. From his work with the free clinic to providing Pocatello with a taste of the Himalayas, his shop provides many things for our local community. With plans for a new restaurant in Chubbuck, Kumar and his businesses will continue to provide community support, employment opportunities, and a unique taste and culture in Pocatello that we haven't had previously. So earlier in our podcast, we spoke to Araceli, who is a local dreamer, and she told me about how when she went to apply to be a a dental assistant, she actually was going to apply to be a pharmacy technician at the same time. And as she went through the process, she filled out all her paperwork, and when she got her paperwork back saying whether she was accepted to the program or not, they had denied her based on her status of being uh, an undocumented uh, DACA recipient. And that just goes to show that we're actually hindering people from from paying taxes and from gaining a, a gainful employment and, and having an opportunity to participate in the economy. So we're actually holding these people back rather than helping them move forward. Along with that, she told me a story of how she had a job at Wells Fargo Bank. And that being a federal job, she had all of her DACA paperwork in and she had her permit to work and her permit was about to expire. So they came to her and said, hey, you're going to lose your DACA status if you don't get your paperwork in. And she had already had her paperwork in, but it didn't come back in time to be renewed. So in the meantime, they just walked out to her on the floor of Wells Fargo and told her she had to go home, that she was fired because her DACA status had run out. So again, this shows that DACA recipients aren't being benefited by 
the economy because we're actually hindering them from participating more fully in the economy within the United States. So in earlier episodes, we spoke to Sonia Martinez, who is the coordinator of the STEM Diversity and Outreach Center at ISU, and we asked her about economics and DACA, and here's what she had to say. Where do the Dreamers fit into the economic fabric of Southeast Idaho? Well, most of the, the reason why we have a a fairly, um, you know, most of them probably live in Southeast Idaho, for one, uh, because Southeast Idaho has traditionally attracted uh, and has a very robust uh, dairy and uh, agriculture economy. So uh, the individuals who were not able to participate in uh, the amnesty of the Reagan administration probably came in after the 1990s and then, of course, uh, perhaps in uh, you know the late 1990s, early you know 2000, probably brought their children as uh, young you know, probably babies, you know, some were brought here as babies. So how they fit in is uh, they've attended our our schools. Uh, So as far as the educational system goes, for example, our, especially our rural areas that are heavily agriculture, I would say if it were not for, if you look at, for example, Power County and even Bingham County, if it were not for some of these families that are not documented, and of course now, of course, with the DACA students, the those schools would have lost student enrollment. So definitely, they've kept our you know our education system mm-hmm. um, going. So very much as far as how they fit into our economy, their their parents, I would say, were are not legal, but definitely contributing to the economic workforce of Southeast Idaho, and and then also the dairy in the uh, you know Twin Falls, uh, Jerome area, because that dairy industry exploded. I think we're third in the in in um, the nation as far as dairy goes, uh, and so that attracted you know that field that workforce need. And so they're they're very much a very important part of our of our society, and uh, their parents are filling an economic workforce need in Southeast Idaho. So, according to Sonia, immigrants keep the economy going, especially in Southeast Idaho, where they are attracted due to the agriculture and the dairy industries. So, last week we spoke with Guillermo Rea, who is an academic coach at Idaho State University about the local economy here in Pocatello, as well as how DACA students affect the local economy. Uh, And this is what he had to say on that subject. Do you have anything to speak on how immigration uh, affects our local economy here in Idaho? Yeah, we've had discussions about this in general. Um, Out of the 3,100 DACA students that we have in the state of Idaho, um, 2,700 of them are working. So these are individuals who are contributing taxes. These are individuals who are buying from local um, stores, whether it might be you know small and posh shops, but these individuals are working paying taxes. And if you look at the numbers, just for the state of Idaho alone, if we were to lose all our DACA students, we would lose about $160 million for that year. Now, if you look at it at a national level, over a decade, you know that's $460, I believe, billion dollars, and that's a lot of money. And do do we want to lose that much money? No, and I think that's kind of a hard thing because we talk about economics and morality as if they were separate. It's evident after speaking with Guillermo that DACA students and other immigrants are not only adding to the economy, but it is clear that they're wanting something more from the economy as well, Um, and that's why they are paying taxes into it. And it is important for us to be cognizant of this fact 
that these people are trying to be a part of the economy here in Pocatello as well as throughout the nation and the state of Idaho. Our editor Ian Nielsen spoke with Milagros Gushnauer, who is the owner of local business The Healthier Place to Eat, about immigrant-ran businesses in Idaho, and here's what she had to say. Why do you think Im- immigrants are far more likely than any other group to open a business? I think immigrants are more likely to open a business because of their mentality. Where we come from, you cannot get ahead in life if you do not do something on your own because the government is not gonna do anything for you. So, you know, from a very young age, I remember my grandma, when she wasn't selling chicharrones, she wasn't, she was selling bread, when she wasn't selling bread, she was selling tortillas, so she was always an entrepreneur. And a lot of people in my country, they need to be entrepreneurs because if you don't, nobody gonna sustain you. How is your business going so far? It's doing really good. Um, we just did our taxes last for last year, and we made seventy thousand dollars in the in Pocatello area. That's really good for a small business specifically that is operated for you know by me, my husband, and children. What do you like about being a business owner? What I like is that I like to be my own boss. I like to, you know, if I make money, it's because I'm pushing myself. If I don't make money, it's because I'm not pushing myself good enough. So when it comes to being a little business owner, you can be as small as you want, or you can be as big as you want, depending on how much you want to achieve. We would like to thank Mila Gross for explaining why immigrants are more likely to open their own business, as well as why she enjoys being the business owner within our community. Throughout this episode, we have discussed the ins and outs of how immigrants and their businesses contribute to and benefit our local economy. Join us in two weeks where we will be speaking with DACA students on their insights about how DACA has affected them, as well as Elizabeth Almanza, who is a local advocate for DACA students in Idaho. Do you have a perspective on DACA you'd like to share? Email us at histdept at isu.edu. We'd like to thank all those associated with the Global Idaho podcast, specifically our editor, Ian Nilsson, our producer, Les Miller, and our professor, Dr. Colde Peralta. Global Idaho is sponsored by the History Department at Idaho State University. Our cover art was designed by Kelly Kamick, and our banner photo is by Fabian Felth. The music you heard on today's show is When the Sky Turns Blue by Bo Group. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on soundcloud.com by searching for the Global Idaho podcast. Our podcast can now be found on the iTunes as well. Thanks for listening.